0: Join us from experts from All Things Weird, as well as the testimonies of people with stories of radical healing who were once told that perhaps their condition was a death sentence, that they would just need to live with it, or that drugs and invasive surgery were the only answer. Let's get into agreement that if there is something natural and non-invasive that could be helpful, that it could be your first option rather than your last resort. Hey everybody,
1: this is Dr. Christie, and today on the Weird Podcast, Marcus, I don't know how to say your last name, is it Paradon?
2: Peridon, yes.
1: Oh, yeah, I got it. And he is with Inspect Jacks. So he's a home inspector, and he's also a mold assessor and mold remediator. And so, of course, here in Florida, that's where we are. We know that the climate's ideal for mold. But remember that I practiced for 12 and a half years in upstate New York before coming to Florida, and I treated plenty of people with mold-related illness there as well. And so it doesn't matter where your listening from, don't exclude yourself just because you're not in the Florida audience today. So Marcus and I met a couple of weeks ago here in Jacksonville at a local networking event, and he happened to be the speaker that day. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is definitely a match made in heaven. I have to introduce you guys to him, and I've already referred him to go take care of one of my patients' mold issues. Because her, like so many people, you know, she was calling me and she's saying, I'm having headaches, I'm not sleeping, like all her old asthma and like breathing issues and coughing were coming back. And we had pretty well like resolved them. And I was like, what is going on? And sure enough, in her condo, they had had a water leak and they did have people come out. But and like Margaret will probably explain to you, he probably sees this all the time, that they did not handle it properly. They kind of just covered up the problem and you can't see behind closed walls. And so she was having mold symptoms. And so Marcus went right on out and found zero tolerance mold, which she's kind of freaked out about. But if you don't know, you can't continue living in this environment. So without further ado, welcome Marcus to the show. Thank you for being on here.
2: Thank you for having me, Dr. Christie. I'm excited about this opportunity.
1: Awesome. I know we're gonna help a lot of people together.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
1: So tell us a little bit like how did you get into the mold industry? Like what got you onto this, you know, niche?
2: Okay. So 26-year military career was winding down and okay. uh needed to find something that where I felt I was being useful, where I was helping someone. I couldn't just go out and do a job where it was about making money and then and then um not providing some service that I felt was bringing a true benefit to people so um I started looking at things that had affected my family over time and we had children with allergies we had children I I have seven children and uh so we we had a little of everything and we were living uh in base housing and had a property that had a mold issue and knowing what we went through, I thought, gosh, you know, the, the person that helped us the most in that process was the assessor, um, because he really found it, targeted it, wrote the protocol, and then basically a blueprint for the remediator to come in and get rid of the, the mold. So it was an excellent um, opportunity for me to see someone help. Uh, and that that happened about five to 10 years prior to me, or yeah prior to me getting out of the military retirement from the military um while I was in the military I started working on becoming a home inspector the licensing there um the mold inspection license where uh, I was able to get that because of college classes I have in the state of Florida it's very tough to get a mold license they won't they don't just you sign up for a course in you get the license you have to qualify either through about 300 hours of um on the job training where you're basically an apprentice working with somebody or you have to have a science uh heavy science uh, a degree that's heavy laden in science so i had about 25 hours of science uh through botany courses that i had taken uh and so with that, I was able to qualify in the state of Florida and um, retired and almost immediately started doing mold assessments and, and home inspections.
1: That's so interesting. Well, because I always like to put like resources in the show notes for um, the listeners afterwards to come back. So I do want to chat later about like, how do people know how to find properly probably qualify because really by, that's really neat that you said all of that. Not, that, not every home inspector, obviously, is properly qualified then to do
2: mold. Like no, they, they are not. In the state of Florida, a home inspector is a, able to take air samples, but they can't really um, break those air samples down. They, they're they giving you a lab report that doesn't tell you much if you don't understand what you're looking at. And the home inspector is not allowed to break it down or provide
1: protocol. Yeah. It kind of sounds like labs for human health too. Like our, you know, human blood labs, like the same deal. Like if you're not looking in the right place or ordering the right test or don't know how to properly assess it, it's it's senseless, you know? Correct. So then how often do you find mold? Like, and tell us maybe like what's the process I know you had shared in the top that I listen to you, some cool technology that allows you to not you don't necessarily have to like punch through walls and make a lot of damage. I thought that was something people are going to
2: want to know. Absolutely, and and really, um, in the state of Florida, that's that's a huge difference between us and a few other states. There are states that don't even have licensing um, requirements. You can go in with a, as a general contractor, and if you call. general contractor or a mold remediator they're going to just cut the mold out that doesn't always get rid of it they don't know that they always hit the right space that's why it's so important for an assessor to go first uh as far as finding mold i would say um in probably 60 70 percent of the calls that i'm called out to we're gonna find some level of mold in the property. We're looking for the five zero tolerance molds. Uh, those are the, the five worst molds known on the planet earth. We, we have over hundred thousand molds, different molds that have been identified. Um, about 30 of those hundred thousand are, are pretty bad. You don't want them in your home uh, aspergillus, Cladosporium, those are molds that we see in a lot of homes and they're very common. Don't take a whole lot of water to grow those molds. Usually you can grow those with um, just humidity in the home, moisture produced through humidity. Um, you'll see it around windows. With um, the worst molds, those five zero. the 30 are bad, these five are zero tolerance. Meaning if there's one mold spore in the home, we can't make you remediate, but we can tell you, you're gonna be quite sick if you don't, there's a chance you'll be quite sick. And mm-hmm. and we highly recommend uh, remediation. Usually what we do is I try to explain to people, hey, listen, from 10 years old, 13, 10 to 13 and under, that's a that's a lungs are still developing and and, in and, and still at 13 they're not fully developed but they're more able to deal with some of those things that you might find in an indoor air situation and then um over 65 i've just i've kept note of over 1750 mold jobs that we've done in the last few years and what i've done is i've tried to write a a, a little a paragraph that t- kind of tells me what's what I'm seeing over and over and over and what I've seen is over 70, 65 to 70, under 13, usually if there's uh, someone living in the indoor air in that environment it, they're not gonna do well with this at all. they're gonna they're gonna ha- show that fatigue quicker than uh, usually no- someone else would they' uh, they're just gonna and then anybody that's um, immune deficient like, you know you got anything else going on, cancer um hiv anything where there would be immune deficiency a cold the mold spores just really attack that person on talking about attacking i've also in 1750 um over 1750 customers i've made note of over 1750 customers what i've found that's amazing is it and, and I, I'm not a doctor, I don't have a medical degree, so I can't proclaim this. Through, but my hip- hypothesis has been um, through all the study, it affects females worse than males. And I don't know, Dr. Christie, I couldn't put a, a finger on why that is a fact, but I absolutely know that I go into many homes. Uh, I heard it yesterday, I go into the home, The husband, and I've heard this over a thousand times in several. uh, The husband doesn't understand what's going on. He feels fine. There's no issues. The wife has really gotten ill. And it affects, mold is, there's people that are allergic to the outdoor environment. The pollen once a year, they get very sick. Mold is very, uh, people are either very sensitive to it. Or not as sensitive, Um, so it doesn't affect everybody the same. But I've certainly found where it affects females much worse. And it, and and when I say that, it uh, female reproductive organs are affected differently. Um, They've told me their cycles have been off. Um, Their uh, thyroid gland. I know they. Note fatigue often that's one of them that I hear. You know, they were very active and all of a sudden they've moved into this new indoor environment, this new home, and now they just don't feel right. And so, I have been able to just kind of put together that you know, it's for for whatever reason, it it absolutely affects them negatively. Um, I've
1: seen the same thing because we see husbands and wives and. It's interesting, too, anyway, because, you know, 80 to 90% of um, patients, regardless of what specialty, tend to be female and This is the funny month with Father's Day coming up. I do my little spoof on like why men don't go to doctors. But I think you're right. I think it's more than just like the men aren't complaining about it, that it does affect women more than men. And you're, and it was interesting, like some of the things that you listed probably are not conditions that people are associating with mold or something like uh, something that they are breathing into the environment. So it's that's important for people to recognize that like it's oftentimes these medical mystery conditions that like they might go seek help from a doctor and not get an awesome answer. The doctors don't know where it's coming from. Their testing lab, traditional lab testing isn't showing anything, but the person clearly knows what it was like to feel well and obviously is not experiencing that same level of overall health and well-being, and they're just kind of like, I don't know where to go.
0: And so You know, I know
1: you had partnered up with another alternative doctor. This is where they end up is on my doorstep and other doctors who do what we do because the medical, world.
0: first of all, I don't know
1: if they just don't recognize the significance of mold-related illness or if it's because their traditional labs don't detect it. So what I've experienced is that if it doesn't show up on traditional labs or imaging, the doctors, it doesn't exist in their world, right?
2: Right, exactly. Um, I I have one doctor, um, one local doctor that 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 does seem to understand it. Uh, and when I say one local, he he's a uh, Western medicine, typical, you know, uh, family pra- health practice. But he does understand that this mold in the state of Florida. And, and, and it's funny you you lived in New York, Doctor Christie. Um, New York, Florida, and Louisiana—they run neck and neck for the worst three states with mold. Uh, Maybe
1: that's why God keeps moving me. Maybe I'll be in Louisiana next. I don't know.
2: <laughs> um, but but one of our do- one of my local doctors, he he understands, but what I can't get him to understand is he could prescribe a great protocol, and he does. Um, mm-hmm. and, and very similar to the other doctor, uh you know, the holistic doctor that I, I work closely with, um, much like yourself, and he could prescribe a great protocol, but what the, I can't get him to understand is if we don't take care of it at the home, you will only get them well. Mold spores don't travel in hundreds, they travel in millions.
1: Yeah.
0: So we
2: have to stop the mold spores and the home circulating through an, an HVAC system at, Air conditioning system that's just sending spores everywhere, and so you, you you have to identify and then remediate and then um and then uh, test again to ensure that you remediate remediated everything from the area.
1: We had one patient that there's a case that kind of stands out in my mind. They literally ended up selling the home because they tried to do the remediate. They found the source of it. It was something to do with the HVAC and the builders, and it was a new home. So, that was good for you to say. It's not always old, moldy homes. Like, it could be a new construction and something could have gone wrong. There could have been a leak during the construction. We had a house in our neighborhood. Like, I totally am going to introduce you to them because this thing took them a year to build and it just sat, like, the frame just sat in the Florida rain. I mean, the whole frame has got to be like mold. And then they built you know, closed it in and built it. And then what we know too is like the air, oftentimes the indoor air quality is worse than the outdoor air quality, right? Because in all of our efforts to build these energy efficient little boxes, we can't air out our homes, right? And so right. we're trapped in these homes with the mold and, you know, mildew and off-gassing. So it's it becomes like a chemical storm in our new construction buildings as well. Um, But this particular um, person that I'm thinking of, they remediated to the best that they could, but what they found is that this black mold, which we'll talk about different types of mold in a second, it kept growing, like even on their furniture, on the legs of their table, like they kept rediscovering it and it was because these spores had infested. They had to sell their home, got rid of all their furniture, all their clothing and everything. So like that's worst case scenario, right?
2: Yes, the worst case scenario, and I, I have dealt with that situation uh, a few times, um, maybe three in the last seven years where I witnessed someone sell, and it, it, it was, you know, it's traumatizing. You're selling because you just could not get it remediated. Uh, the area, um just they couldn't fix it. And I do I do think that I, I I don't blame engineers, engineers are wonderful people, but I think sometime in the engineering uh, phase of design, I have seen them oversized an AC unit and maybe it wasn't the engineer, maybe the AC company wanted to sell an extra ton of AC yeah. that week to make a quota. I don't know how it happens, but okay. there's plenty of times where I've seen an AC unit that's too large and now they're putting way too much moisture in the air because you're not getting a proper cycle on the AC and you put that much humidity in the air. And while stachybotrys is not commonly found due to just humidity, it doesn't mean it won't be found just due to humidity. I have found stachybotrys, stachybotrys being the mold that everyone refers to it as black mold. When I get the first phone call, unless they've been to see you or one of my other doctors, yeah. the first thing they're going to say is I've got black mold because yeah. the mold they're looking at is black. Right. Um, but, but oftentimes I get there and it's, it's not, it's some, another form of mold. Uh, my most recent big, like I ended up doing, um, performing three tests. After the second test, I said, the next one's on me. Let's figure this out. Could not figure out why we were getting zero mold in the home. She worked, the lady worked from home, um, spent all of her time at home, felt like the mold had to be somewhere that I was just, just wasn't seeing. I test her back porch where she sits and there's a wildlife refuge, direct, uh, uh-huh. a reserve, preserve directly behind her home. She yeah. can't get away from the preserve. She sits out there every morning and has coffee. Uh-huh. Every afternoon, she watches the deer walk through. Uh-huh. And the mold was so high He opens her windows, and I'm not saying don't open your windows, but just know
1: that
2: precautions have to be made when you live in that type of environment. All of the mold was being provided from outside in, and inside should be our refuge. It should be the place we go to 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 kind of purge and get that fresh air, and it wasn't.
0: tired of going from diet to diet to come up short and feel worse than you did when you started? Or are you just lost with all the mixed messaging out there today and not sure what's best for you and your lifestyle? Maybe you were told that you had to live with your symptoms and accept feeling less than your typical vibrant self. Well, I'm here to tell you the truth. As a practicing doctor of chiropractic, kinesiology, and clinical nutrition, I see people all the time that are just like you frustrated, and starting to lose hope. But I do want you to know that you do not have to give up on the you that you know you could be. There is a way to truly achieve optimal health and also to live your life. I want to share with you how, by doing some small, doable adjustments and taking on a new approach to enjoyable and non-restrictive eating. We can help you start feeling better and begin to see changes in your waistline and start releasing weight in as little as 14 days.
1: Got it. Interesting. So I was just thinking, I didn't even have some questions, but, you know, of course, like people probably call you because they suspect there's a problem or they're not feeling good or they know there was water damage. But is there anything that could be done? We're very, like, in our medicine and with like, our health and patients, we try to be proactive and as preventative as possible. So... Could some of these tests
2: air quality tests be done on a preventative measure or on a regular what do you recommend yes uh it, it, it can um i we, we, we do a lot of the um so if we write protocol that kind of goes into another category, but we do air sampling for many people that just want to know number one, is there anything here
1: yeah. um
2: and when we do that, we're not gonna just do the air sampling that there, we we are gonna go and look at what are the humidity levels? We're gonna look at, is there a carbon dioxide issue in the home? We're gonna look at a lot of indoor air VOCs. I'm gonna look at everything I can to try to make sure that they're moving into the most, um, the, the cleanest air that, could be provided. And I'm going to make recommendation um, on how to improve even good air quality. How do we make it better? So um, we do probably two to three of those a week where it's not necessarily a mold issue. It's more of a preventative issue and it's an improvement issue. Um, like I said earlier, getting We know that in Florida, every tree, every, it's just the perfect environment to produce some of the best mold in the world. And so we know that moving inside, that's our, that's our safe place. That's our our refuge from those outside elements. And when we move inside, we want that, that clean air. And um, it's not always the case. Many times I walk in, there's several machines and we'll talk about that. um, I use, but I'm going to tell you right almost instantly, do we have a good, a fair or a very poor air quality? Uh, I can do that within minutes. So with some of that technology, I'm able to uh, either design a plan to improve the air or um, there's always something we can do to make it a little better.
1: Yeah, well, oxygen is not overrated, right? <laughs> Absolutely. We kind of need it. So, I think this is a really good thing for people to think about. You know, we change the filters and we do like all this like routine maintenance and stuff on our homes that maybe people don't often think to like check the air quality, which would be right. a really great thing that probably would give you tons of, you know, health gains if you start with that.
2: Yes. Um. So checking the, checking the air is, is wonderful. I call it my fish finder. When mm-hmm. I pull it out, I tell everybody, hey, here's my fish finder. It won't catch fish for me, but it puts me in the area of the lake where the fish are. It's not going to tell me that there's mold there, but it will put me in the area of the house where we know that there's some extremely poor air, and we'll start really honing in our efforts on finding out what's going on in that area. And that's usually how I zero things in to where the big problems are. I I tell everybody that I go to, I I can't recommend, I'm not affiliated with anybody. I don't recommend anybody, but I can't tell people how important the air conditioner in your home is the heart and lungs of your home. Everything is coming to it or from it. And so all air circulates through that AC. I recommend that people at minimum once a year have their ACs serviced. Their AC techs are wonderful and they can find many issues that are going on in there. And I always tell people ask if you can get a higher MERV rated filter. MERV being the the judge of filter. That that's how we rate filters. Most of us use an 8 to 10 that's kind of the common pickup at Home Depot type filter. And I always say, ask if your AC can support a higher MERV level filter because the higher the MERV, the higher uh the, the better opportunity to check to catch any um particles, any microbial fungus that would be flowing through the air at that point. I don't suggest going out and just buying a stronger filter, because if you do that and your AC's eight to 10 years old, it may not handle that, that, you know, tightening of the system and you could kill your system. So I always say, talk to your AC professional, make sure that they are okay with it. And they'll they should give you a suggestion on how high a level MERV you can, you can purchase and then do that. Uh, that way you don't kill an AC a little or, prematurely uh but they'll tell you where you can go and, and i always say there's no better friend that i have than my ac guy because he is going to absolutely be able to once once we know that area is mold free he can ensure that it stays that way with some of his technology in that hvac that's a good point
1: and, and I know something that my husband does just so internally we're remembering to change the filters because so that's something that's out of sight, out of mind. Yes. Like we just got, we subscribe to something, like they just send us the filters on the regular and so when the filters come in the mail we're like oh god, it's time to change them and then the box is in our way because it's quite a big size so like we do it, we don't just push the box aside or let like keep Tripping over
2: it, so that's helped us significantly to make sure at least we're doing what we can do as well. Yeah, and and it's just wonderful. That that that's perfect. I hear of a lot of people that do it that way, and 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 I just tell people over and over and over. I'll say it three times when I'm on an appointment. The heart and lungs of your home
1: is that AC unit. I like that. Okay, so you said first. So we were talking about technology, first you go around and you have something that protects air quality, and that kind of gets you in the right area, then what are some of the other technologies
2: that you use? So I, I use the, di, it's a dilos machine, Dilose machine reads instant air, takes it about 30 seconds to give me a good number. Um, once I find an area that's, that's showing giving me cause to d- dig deeper. I will pull out thermal imagery and I'm gonna thermal everything, but I'm really gonna focus on those areas. Uh, so flare is uh, probably in my opinion, the best thermal camera on the in the industry. It's gonna, uh, it's not gonna show me moisture. What it's gonna show me is a temperature differential. It's gonna show me a drastic decline. I'm looking at insulated walls and when I find moisture, there's gonna be a drastic decline in in temperature. Or if I'm seeing an area where there's no insulation in a wall, it's gonna be nice and bright red for me. And I'm gonna know, hey, we've got an insulation issue and that could be causing condensation to grow on this wall uh, because we're insulated on both sides and not well here. Mm -hmm. So it kind of all plays in there together, but from thermal imagery, I'm gonna pull out a moisture meter and I'm going to actually test surface to see just how wet is the surface. We know that all wood materials hold a certain level of moisture. they the entire yeah, they they don't dry out. They, they will be wet to a certain level. We usually go up to ten or twelve um, percent, and and say that that's acceptable. There won't be a mold growth at ten to twelve. Um, but once we go over 18% uh, moisture, then my thermal, uh, my moisture meter is going to start sounding off really good for me. And I'm going to know that we have enough moisture in that wall to grow mold. Um, then in that area, that's where I'm going to run my air sample. I'm going to run an air sample there. I'm going to dig, look for microbial growth. If I can find any microbial growth, um, and the air samples run on a zircon machine. Zircon's going to pull about anywhere from 75 to um, 150 milliliters of air per minute, and I'm going to run that machine for five minutes. Pull it over it about ten, about uh, five hundred to seven hundred milliliters of air. It's going to capture it in an aerosol uh, capsule it has got basically a. A double-sided piece of the best tape you've ever seen. My wife (laughs) would love that at Christmas. Uh, And it's going to catch those spores on that double-sided tape. I'm going to send the air samples to a lab in Orlando. uh, Every every, uh, assessor in Jacksonville right now, we lost our lab at the beginning of COVID. Um, They shut down. Nobody wanted to work in a lab. And understandably, it was a Mm -hmm. very trying time. And so we lost the lab. And so we either have to ship to Atlanta, Miami, Tampa, or Orlando. I chose to Orlando, uh, had great success with them. They send me where I report my results back within 24 hours. I overnight that at no cost to the customer. We we didn't raise rates at when we found that they were we were going to have to overnight. But I overnight them down there. And we um, get the results back in about 24 hours usually after they grow it in a petri dish and tell mm-hmm. us exactly what kind of mold spores we found. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's the Zircon air uh, machine that's gonna pull that air. And um, the swab is a microbial swab. If I find growth, I'm gonna swab it. We send all that down to the lab um, to, to get the results. The results are going to dictate to us how aggressive we need to be with remediation protocol in this, in the state of Florida, a remediator can walk into your home and he can cut the wall open. If he sees or feels that there's mold there, he can just start cutting. Now that would be like going to a surgeon and saying, I got a bump on my knee and he cuts off your leg. Yeah. You know, you don't know exactly what you're doing, but there's a bump there. So we're removing the entire thing. It's not always needed. You don't have to be that aggressive. I I am on the assessing side of this. I am not on the remediation side. State of Florida, we're not allowed to cross that line. If you're an assessor, you're an assessor. A remediator is a remediator. We see these free signs all over the place for free free, um, air assessments. Nothing in life is free. They don't really want to do a free air assessment. They want to do the remediation.
1: Yes. On the they want to tear your walls down and build
2: them back <laughs> Yes, so um, we, we we do the we do the um, the uh, the assessment so that we know how aggressive to be. With many times you can clean the area, paint it, prime it with the proper paint, proper primer proper cleaning materials, not bleach. Bleach is the worst product ever made for mold.
1: It's the worst product made for a lot of things, health reasons anyway, but
2: I'm glad you're saying that. Yeah, well, what bleach does, we know that good and bad is, Mm -hmm. good and evil have existed forever and we know that. And so you need the good microbial fungus to keep Mm -hmm. the bad at bay. Uh, many times people will clean a spot in their shower and they're like four days later it came back and instead of being two inches long it's now seven inches long and I don't understand why well there's no good fungus there to keep that bad at bay and it's much harder to kill the bad fungus the good is is easily destroyed so they knock out the good fungus and then the bad goes crazy and it'll grow and um that's that's why bleach stays in business because they know you'll have to come back and get more of it.
1: Well, it sounds just like antibiotic resistance and killing your gut
0: flora. Yes. You know,
1: same deal. When people have a dysbiosis of the gut, it's because through diet, medications, and recurring antibiotic use, same deal. They killed all the good microbes and the bad and now they have zero resistance, and they can't digest, and they can't have an immune system, and it affects their mood, and, you know, it just creates a bigger issue, so sounds like the same exact thing, and it's so good that you're saying that, because I think our audience understands that as far as antibiotic resistance, but if you're using these super, you know, disinfectants in your home, you're creating the same thing, so in your effort to, like, sterilize and
2: sanitize everything to create a safe space, you're in fact making it worse, right? Without a doubt. And mm-hmm. spending twice as much money as you need to. I tell people, buy yourself a $2.99 spray bottle from Home Depot, mm-hmm. fill it up with hydrogen peroxide. It's it's already diluted to the right uh, consistency. Straight hydrogen peroxide into that spray bottle. You yeah. get out of the shower, you turn around, you spray it. That same sizzle you hear on a wound yeah. uh, when you put hydrogen peroxide, you'll hear going on in the shower. And that's it doing its job. Uh, I, I, every good remediation company that does this uses a pro- hydrogen peroxide based product to okay. clean. Um, and so you can do a little bit of mitigating with just a bottle and some hydrogen peroxide around the shower
1: that's so good though that was during covid in our office because we don't want we didn't want to create more chemical sensitivities. patients already come in with high sensitivity yes. levels but of course we had to sanitize everything because of covid and we were looking through the and it had to be like an approved chemical that would kill it and so hydrogen peroxide was listed by the CDC as an improved, you know, antiviral product. And I was like, hallelujah. And that's what we used. Well, <laughs> some I, essential oils. That's all we used. I
2: don't want to offend anybody, but I always say hydrogen peroxide is God's gift to us. It's <laughs> one of the best products that I've ever found. It's uh it, it's just excellent. It's excellent for everything and it's uh it, it, it's it's used by the military I when I was in the military we bring 50 gallon drums of it to clean wow. things. And so it's just it's wonderful and, and like I said no rep every reputable company uses a hydrogen peroxide based product to do remediation nobody's got a can of bleach on their truck well, that's
1: good to know because I think you know our audience would be They'd want you to come, obviously, and do the preventative, and especially if they thought that there was damage. But I know sometimes, like, I'm afraid of what I'm going to find because then I don't I'm know I'm going to find myself, you know, like, at odds with whatever the recommendation for treatment is going to be. So it's so good for them to hear, like, okay, hey, we're not bringing chemicals and heavy power disinfectants into your homes. So that's good. Absolutely. Okay, so we we're going to talk about a couple of things. Um,
2: number one, if there's water damage, is there always going? No, no, it, 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 takes a little time. Um, you know, that's always kind of up it depending on where you received your certification. Some will say three days, some will say five, some will say seven before microbial growth starts somewhere in that three to seven day window. You'll start noting that some microbial growth could be starting, and um, it, moisture is not, it, any moisture in your home is never good. I always recommend if you don't have the new nest or one of the thermostats that are telling you how much moisture is you know, on the thermostat, you can go on Amazon and buy a hygrometer and mm-hmm. y- you can know exactly at all times for, for $30 or less, how much humidity am I putting into my air? So moisture in the wall doesn't always equal mold. Moisture not taken care of properly will eventually equal mold. Um, I've never seen a situation where if it's not taken care of, it won't it won't turn into a mold situation. Um, some products are more will more rapidly grow it. Um, If you have the acoustic ceiling tiles, very quickly, that that grows mold. It's a wonderful agent for mold to uh, attach to. Uh, Drywall, gypsum board is drywall, very good. Um, Particle board cabinets, very good. Uh, Some other flooring, it's a little tougher. It takes a little more time for it to uh, attach to the flooring. (music)
0: Americans spend $33 billion every single year on diets and weight loss products and yet diets have a 95% failure rate. These statistics and my 18 plus years experience as a practicing doctor show me the real dangers of a cookie cutter approach to health and that truthfully diets don't work. This is why I created the 9010 Lifestyle for the people like you and me, busy and not willing to settle for less when it comes to our health and wellness. This program isn't just about feeling fantastic and or losing weight for good, it's a roadmap to upgrading your body and mind from the inside out while simultaneously suppressing the inflammation and suppressing the guilt that often comes with a high stress, high expectations, and high performance. The number one reason the 90-10 lifestyle is so effective and easy to maintain is that it gives you back your willpower instead of forcing it. Okay, What
1: is the recommended community
2: level in the home? At 50. If okay. you go under 40, then what I've heard is people, uh, nosebleeds, you've dried out the air too.
1: Yeah, then you're talking so about over,
2: right right <laughs> well that was the recommendation my doctor gave me because i was having a heck of a time he yeah. said you got to go to colorado
1: yeah it's so dry like when you go to colorado they literally give you every hotel room has a humidifier in it and you're like oh that's funny and then you don't think about it or take it seriously and then like two, even like two days later you're like Like, I think I should have started. Don't wait until your nose is bleeding to use
2: it. Just start using it from day one. Right. So, uh, I would say uh, it's that 50 range is really good. If you can stay 50 to 55, that's perfect. A lot of people will turn their air way down, thinking that that's going to lower the humidity, and it actually creates a much tougher environment um, because the AC is now running all the time and you're affecting the dew point level. And so now you're really putting a lot of moisture into the air. It it, it seems to me between that 74 and 76 range has been kind of the optimal area where I don't see. And, and I know that some people are like, I just can't sleep under seven. I can't. Be under seventy-two, or it's got to be seventy-two for me to 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 live. And I tell people all the time, "Hey, start off at seventy-two where you like it. Every mm-hmm. week, raise it one degree until yeah. we can get it up to over that seventy-four or seventy-five range. Because at that range, you will be in in most situations right around that fifty to fifty-five range. That
1: might be okay. So my house is at seventy-seven, and if it's on 76 and it doesn't shut off, I have to put it up to 77 so it will shut off. And my office is a little cooler because I'm not the only one there, obviously. I right. tell people, that's why it's so hot because it keeps the humidity down. So you just gave me some ammunition, so I like it.
2: <laughs> Very good.
1: Like it's so hot in here, I'm like, <laughs> I like it. That's the way I came to Florida and left New York. I want to be warm. <laughs>
2: exactly.
1: But I didn't know I was keeping the
2: humidity down and the mold out, so that's yeah, good. It's af- absolutely the, the best range. Is That's 77. I, I've never found a humidity issue at that temperature. I, I just don't see it. That's cool.
1: I'm going to do a quiz on social media when we hang up, and I want to see if people have any idea what's the <laughs> ideal temperature or humidity in their home. Okay, so let's go through some of these molds and just, you can tell us a little bit more, you know way more than I do about them and identifying them, and whether or not people can see them with their own eyes. And maybe you could tell us like where they're the most common. Cause like you said, people see something black growing and they're like, oh, it's black mold, but it's probably melting, right? <laughs> right? Right, right. <laughs> okay. So the first zero tolerance is what we said, black mold. And so the fun name for that is Stachybotrys. And yeah. so it's really like dark green to black in appearance. But the problem with the zero tolerance is because of the mycotoxins that it releases. That's what makes people so sick, right?
2: Right, exactly. Um, you know, we knew very little about Stachybotrys before um, an incident in Cleveland, Ohio, where 17 children were all sick. And several of them actually, um, it, it was, you know, they they passed away. Because of the issue, they thought the parents were doing a uh, were a cult. They were all within a couple mile block radius of each other, and um, the show Forensic Files actually did a thirty minute um, show on
1: it oh, because wow. they
2: they really attacked the parents and they they bring the children to the hospital and then they take them and they get them well. They mm-hmm. take them back home and um and they were sick again and and. I think three of them actually passed away of the seventeen wow. children. Um, but it was stachybotrys. the The um, set the sewer system had backed up into the basements, and um, th- there was stachybotrys that was uh, moving through the house,
1: and oh so it gosh. yeah and that uh, makes people very very sick. So that's a zero tolerance. Right. You have
2: to do remediation. Right? It, it it is. Um, it's it's probably the most common of the zero tolerance chatomium is another one that I, I find a lot um but this stachybotrys is probably the most common zero tolerance mold that I find. Okay,
1: and can you smell it because I on this chatomium on our list it says like people like they might actually notice that musty odor? Would they notice that with the black
2: mold and the stachybotrys? What, what you normally find with mold is the mold has very little smell. It's the decay of the wood that you're smelling. It's the decay. So whatever is rotting will pr- produce that smell because with those five zero tolerance molds, um, so stachybotrys, chatomium, fusarium, Those are the three that I, I've been doing this, like I said, over, over 2000 jobs, but after about 17, after about the first two fifty, I said, you know, I'm seeing trends here. So I'm going to start writing a little paragraph, you know, keep notes. So I, I could hone in on what was going on. And, uh, what I found was the other two, I have never, I've never found them in Florida. Uh, I don't know that they don't grow here, but I the environment that I've inspected has not produced them.
1: What um, about the other
2: two? Uh which is trichoderma and okay. um and then um and I can't I can barely say the word. I apologize. I know. But thankfully I don't find it. Uh, it's <laughs> a mem- mem- non- non-ilia, i have to
1: look that
2: up. And it's um it's the last of the five. And like I said, it, it's not one I've ever, I've ever found. It doesn't even uh, process on my reports. So I, I don't know that it's... Uh, fusarium will find, all of them require a large amount of water, usually more than what humidity will produce. I find them around windows a lot. Uh, so uh, leaky windows, you know, we in this part of the state, unless you live in Ponte Vedra, uh, you know, close to the water, more than likely you have a builder grade, maybe slightly upgraded window. Um, we don't require the high impact, high wind velocity windows in this area, like down in South Florida, that's a requirement. Yeah. And so they probably don't see it as much. We We have a builder grade, most homes, We inspect a lot of homes. Most homes build a grade type window, maybe slightly elevated, but you'll find a a leak um, in those windows a little more commonly than you would down south with the high impact, high wind velocity windows. And when we find those leaks that will produce round chimneys, Uh, sealing that once a year at minimum is always a good idea. Sealing the flashing on the chimneys, because a lot of water hits that area and, and, and will lay and work under those shingles and then work into your house. So we find it in those areas and then under sinks. Sinks will leak sometimes for a month before anybody even looked underneath yeah. there. It's when they yeah. smell it and they start looking and they go, oh my gosh, the dishwasher's been leaking under the sink for the last six months, you know, and you just didn't know it. All of a sudden it's, it's a bad smell and death probably the most common spot I find is um, under a sink. And then roof leaks, Um, that would be, you know, under sinks, roof leaks run close together, but uh, the roof leaks, we all, most of us drive our car until the tires are in bad shape and go get new ones. Most of us leave the roof on our house until someone, an insurance company or someone says changed
1: mm-hmm. and so a big expense that's like the big worst expense adult. to me the roof that is like the worst like example of adulting like nobody wants to put a new roof on their house but you have to you know it's like
2: right oh. <laughs> as a home inspector i could still stand back and look at the new roof like i've really purchased something great my yeah. wife looks at it and she doesn't see the value at all. It's no yeah. better than the old one.
1: That was we like-, like our we got a new roof. And we like it because I was able to. Everybody knows my favorite color is teal. Like my car is teal, my office is teal, my home is teal. So we were able to get some pretty like bluish, purpley tiles, which led to like getting new paint on the front door and a new paint on the shutters, and now it's like super cute. So I do appreciate our new roof, but oh, it's still like a gut punch when you have to buy it.
2: so so those are the worst uh the most common mold i find is uh cladosporium Mm -hmm. it 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 is a mold though that i find a lot of the the people that i'm inspecting for uh, common headaches um a lot of headaches associated with uh cladosporium a lot of um they, they said I've never had migraines and all of a sudden I feel like I've got migraines and so these are pretty serious headaches and then I will find high levels of cladosporium in the home when, when I'm hearing that um okay. not always but very common uh aspergillus is uh, really affects the lungs um it, it's my medical uh the Western med- medicine doctor that I that's in refers a lot of work to me says that to him, it's the most common reason that people come in with almost pneumonia-like symptoms,
1: yes. um,
2: and so it causes causes the allergies, um, and and it, it's something he uh, he attacks pretty heavy because um, he says that you know that when it's affecting the lungs like that. It, it can really cause a lot of problems for her.
1: Well, and these would also be people that take, you know, the traditional treatments like antibiotics, steroids, whatnot, and maybe they'll feel like temporarily a little bit of improvement while on it. But as soon as they run out of their course of BPAC or steroids or antibiotics, that the symptoms come right back. So it's yeah. going to be unresolving symptoms. Yeah.
2: When he finds it, that's when I know that the phone call will come from a patient. Because he'll say you have to call Marcus. Marcus has got to find out what's going on in your home, so we can stop this. Yeah,
1: you'll just perpetually be ill,
2: right? Yes.
1: Which other ones on this list are commonly found? Are those the big ones?
2: The Aspergillus is is probably the most common um, in Cladosporium. The others are are you'll you will find them, um, but not not nearly those would be the big uh, any of the others would what I have found is they usually associate themselves with those two they won't be there by themselves if they're there they're they're hanging Mm -hmm. on with the cladosporium hanging on with that you know they usually you won't go in and find just one of the lesser moles it will always associate with one of the stronger, um, more dangerous molds.
1: And we know that, like pathogens, kind of are that way. They piggyback; they'll ride on top of each other. So, like when we, for example, like if we find somebody in the office that has yeast fungus or mold, and we put them on a detox for that, sometimes the next layer might be bacteria or viral or parasite. They all they'll ride together. And so, even in our treatment protocols, it's like. Yeah, you got to take care of the obvious, but whatever that releases, And sometimes they also release toxins and chemicals and heavy metals, like some pathogens will hold on to others. Pathogens. So then the next layer of clearing it out is to put them on the proper like detox for that. Very,
2: very interesting you said that, uh, because yeah. I tell you what I find.
1: What's that?
2: Um, I look in ACs often and I'll find rust all over the, um, the, the air coil. Yeah. The coil system in the AC unit, and then the the home will test for high levels of rust, and um, it, it's not safe. You don't Thank you me. don't want to be blowing high levels of rust throughout your
1: corroded metal.
2: Corroded right? <laughs> metal, exactly. It's very yeah. dangerous. Yeah. Well, and it's so
1: crazy because like a lot of times when we test people for heavy metals, you know, we have a sheet of like the most common sources and like sometimes it makes complete sense, but most of the time patients are just like, I don't know where I'm getting this from. And so when we can't identify, it's not like they're not a, a, in an industry where they're directly in touch with toxins, you know, and they've done all the proper right things as far as the chemicals and toxins in their, you know, home care products and personal care products and they're doing all the things. We have filters on everything and we're still finding it. And we're like air and water, you know, like there's just so much stuff in our air and water. Absolutely. Right?
2: Yes. With that, with that question.
1: So if people like, is that the best way that you could recommend that people suspect mold? Like, obviously, if they had water damage, if they've never looked under their sink, if they haven't had their HVAC service, and they never changed the flashing of the chimney, like you've made a bunch of really cool preventative things, or at least like people can go get on their roof or have somebody do it on their back and affect some of these areas. But is it basically by symptoms that people would suspect mold?
2: So, for me, the way I've kind of structured my my business
1: mm-hmm.
2: there's two ways that we we come in contact i i work referrals not that i wouldn't work everybody but i've just structured myself closely with, with several doctors or my through my home inspection company where most of my referral business comes from i didn't and i and i you know i listen this is not a, a knock on the industry But I didn't feel as helpful when I just went out and I started doing mold assessments for 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 everybody. That didn't feel. That felt like sometimes I was. People had fear. They had moved here, and I would go in, and I would be able to put their mind at ease. Hey, you don't have this. This isn't here. Um. But I really, the biggest joy I get is from a a person that. I'm able to help. They've had this in their body, and now we're able to get them clear. There's nothing better than to to be able to identify what's going on and be part of that solution. So, I have structured my business more that way to 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 help um, customers like that. I while I do we we through the mold through the home inspection company, we still do a ton of of these jobs. It doesn't always work that way for me um most of my work is through referral word of mouth marcus is going to come in and find what's going on Mm
1: -hmm. well and i know wilson we we test for mold so yeast fungus and mold comes up all the time and it's not always just in and respiratory and allergies and that common stuff a lot of times it's syndromes it's the stuff that medical doctors they honestly cringe when these things come in their office because it's not an easy A plus B equals C. So like, right. I would just say, like, if you haven't gotten a resolution of symptoms, if you're the one, you know, struggling, you've been poking proud and had a lot of tests, nothing is showing up, no definitive answers, no, you don't feel well, the chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, leaky gut, like those type of syndrome, garbage can type of diagnosis means that you they can't find anything. And so it's a diagnosis by excluding everything else. Um, yeah. Food sensitivities. I have so, of course, we touch for food sensitivities in the office, but a lot of times the gut is the area that it's so thrown off by, you know, the exposure of these molds. And I think it has a lot to be like you were saying, you know, if your home's microbiome is thrown off, good and bad molds and using too many like sanitary products and disinfectants and now all you have is the high powered stuff and your immune system can't handle it well most of your immune system is in your gut so it's like if your home's microbiome is off it's going to throw off your body's microbiome yes and so same with food sensitivities like people that are very like chemically sensitive like if you're sensitive to dryer sheets candles and perfumes you know like if you're avoiding that stuff and you're still having um, allergies or chemical sensitivities or skin issues. I would be referring those kind of people to you. I um,
2: yeah. I just I want everyone to know a uh, doctor Christy and the, uh, I is it's not we're not all created equal when it comes to this mold assessment, and so you got to be very careful. Don't pick a mold assessor don't Google and go with the first mold assessor that shows up right. because there, 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 there is a, a real fear around mold and there should be because we, we want to get it out of our homes. We want to have as less, uh, you know, contact with it as possible, but there are many and, and not many, but there are companies out there that prey on the fear of people yeah. and they will, they will just, They want to get you in the, I call it the rabbit hole of mold. And Mm -hmm. once you get in the rabbit hole, you're chasing this forever until you either sell your house and start over or, and so what what you need to do is ensure that the the remediator that you're using is a trusted licensed remediator or uh, the assessor, my apology, the assessor you're using is a Mm -hmm. trusted licensed assessor, Mm -hmm. not in the remediation world. Uh, the, the remediation world is where the big money is. The insurance companies uh, often cover mold up to about $10,000. And and unfortunately, there's many companies that the bill is going to be $9,984 for right.
1: every job.
2: And I, I hate seeing that. I mm-hmm. have assessors. I have remediators. I always refer three. And those three produce invoices all the time that are Eleven hundred dollars or eight hundred dollars. They're not
1: nine thousand nine hundred
2: and eighty yeah. dollars. and so I just—it's one of the—it's—it's—it's it's, it's probably the one area that I say be very careful because a home inspection company is a home inspection company. And most of them are doing great jobs, and the price is the price. And we're all very similar in the mold world they want to get to that remediation and so pick an assessor that number one you, you can look you can see those two to three hundred five-star reviews and and you know that you're dealing with somebody that's reputable and knowledgeable in the industry because it's just the one thing i i hate to see it i go into many people's homes and i'm the second one that's been there and the first guy it didn't always work out the way we would hope it would and so just just be careful and protect yourself in this mold industry because it's it, it, we're not all true, created equal. well and a lot of times
1: like not only is there the fear but like you're not feeling well so like these people that are brain fog and Pain and not sleeping and having mood disturbance like not always the best to be able to advocate for themselves or think clearly or weed through a lot of like super technical data that's being given.
2: Right, and you'll do anything at that point to feel better, and so you know it it, it, it's it's preying on the weak, and we just won't do that. It inspects jacks. It's not how, like I said. I retired from the army. I do this because I absolutely love doing it. I mean I get excited every day when I get to go to work and, and help people. That's exactly what I want to do. I love it.
1: Well that's why you're on the Weird Works podcast today, because you're my fe- you're a fellow weirdo just because you get so excited about something like mold. <laughs> I,
2: I, uh, my, my, wife it. <laughs> my wife says it all the time. She said, I don't know how you smile and- you go and work in some of the darkest, dirtiest environments that oh. there are. And I'm like, it just, I love seeing it. And I love knowing that I'm going to be able to help.
1: I hear you. I know. People think I'm weird because we talk about poop all the time. So, like, So We all have our thing, Marcus.
2: <laughs> That's right.
1: That's we right. We all have our thing. <laughs> You've been awesome. This has been such a wealth of information. I know I learned a ton from you. I always do every time I hear you talk. Um we'll put your contact info so if you are lucky enough to be in and, and how far do you travel? Like in Jacksonville and where else do you work? I
2: i every county that touches Jacksonville, I will go to.
1: Awesome. Plus,
2: I will travel to Flagler Palm Coast down St. Augustine and Palm Coast, Palm <laughs> Coast, which St. Augustine is St. John. So any county that touches Duval County, I I service and I have gone as far as Lake City. Um uh, when somebody needed me, and I've gone to Palm Coast multiple times. So uh, th- th- that's a probably about the extent. If not, I know somebody in the Orlando area. I know many very qualified reputable inspectors. And if you need an assessor to help you with mold, I- I'm always able to at least point you in the right direction. No,
1: that's awesome. So we'll put all his contact there on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Once again, it's called Inspect Jacks. We'll put all it so that you can get a hold of uh, Marcus and his team. And any final comments?
2: Well, first off, it, I feel so fortunate. You, you are certainly somebody in the industry. I I uh, heard about you probably three months ago uh, through Katie. And I, I'm just, I've been so grateful and excited to get to work with one of your patients and and know that we'll do many more jobs in the future. And I just um so so happy to be here and get this opportunity today. So thank you and thanks everybody for listening. Uh I hope you're as excited about mold as I am. Well, if you're not, you get excited
1: knowing that there's a solution and somebody who's super qualified to help, so passionate. So thank you. You know, God puts us on the planet for all sorts of different reasons. If you find your purpose, it's unexpected reasons. So Marcus belongs in the mold
2: industry, that's for sure. You're where you're supposed to be. Yes, ma'am, for
1: sure. So thank you all for listening. Again, this has been another episode of the Weird Works Podcast. And until next time, and
0: in good health naturally, I'm Dr. Christine Harbell, signing off. Your health and how you feel on a daily basis directly impact your mental, emotional, and spiritual health. We will help you reprogram your way of thinking and be on a plan that works for your body instead of against it it is time to rewrite the false belief that health abnormalities are normal and that it just is what it is you do not have to live with feeling less than 100 percent
1: we invite you to take a serious look at how you feel on a day-to-day basis is what you're doing working Do you wanna learn how to live a more holistic life that's still enjoyable and fun? The 9010 lifestyle can be the bridge from subpar results to the vibrant and abundant lifestyle that you've been looking for. So click the link by this video so you can get started today. We truly, truly know that this program can change your life. We'll see you on the inside.